in case you've forgotten, I'm Janine Ramirez, awkward host of the I Suck at Small Talk podcast. And I am so excited <laughs> to have my fantabulous guest today, Nikki Escalona Tayag. She's not just an architect and lighting designer, but also an educator now, currently serving as the Dean of Architecture <laughs> and Design at Enderon Colleges in the Philippines. Oh my gosh! I've known Nikki since like grade school and yeah. I will forever see her as the posh spice of our high school barcada. <laughs> but I had no idea that you were like a dean now and everything. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy sked and your family time to have a convo with me next. Thank you! <laughs> You're welcome. I'm so happy to be here to have a little bit of a chat with you. Um, and yes, all those things are true. <laughs> <laughs> Confirmed! Yeah, yeah, sometimes I pinch myself like, oh, is that true? <laughs> I mean, I have yes. not seen you in forever. We haven't talked in so mm-hmm. long. So it's yes. just so nice to hear about these, like, you know, parang new things in life, right? I mean, in, in social media, I see, like, you know, with the mm-hmm. family and stuff like that. But career-wise, it's like, what? That's what you're doing <laughs> now? It's so good. Yeah. Okay, I want I want to get, like, a context because mm-hmm. I don't remember you speaking about mm-hmm. wanting to be an architect when we were mm-hmm. in high school mm-hmm. so yeah. when did yeah. you have like your mindset on that and was it like some sort of calling for you um for me i wasn't like the obsessed type like i i i wasn't the type who was kind of like born into it i think i gradually grew into the it was like a process for me. I gradually grew into it. Although I think from the very beginning, I knew what I didn't want. I knew what hmm. I didn't want to be. Like I didn't want to be a lawyer. I didn't want to be a scientist. I didn't want to be an astronaut. You know, those things they ask you in first grade. I didn't want to be a nurse. I didn't want to be a doctor. And I think I knew that um, I was a little bit more on the creative side. Like I knew I hmm. wanted to get into the arts. But... I was also trying to be like, I suppose, practical for my own sake. Like, I knew I had to take up a degree in college that would lead me somewhere. Right. Somewhere that won't, you know, starve me. <laughs> or <laughs> something that was something I could be, you know, proud of. But then I think when I started architecture school, I slowly grew into it. And then I found that, you know, I, I, I started really loving it and I started embracing it. Um, and what I loved most about it, I think, was um, the planning part, the space planning part, because it was kind of like um, solving a puzzle. Like you had all right. these pieces that you had to put together. And that to me was was quite challenging, um, but like a good kind of challenge. Um, and yeah, so that's how it kind of started. I, I grew into it. It was a process and I slowly started really loving it until... Until I started that's to so, work. <laughs> that's so lucky also. But I think, yeah. like, now that I think about it, because even me, parang, sometimes like, oh, so lucky this happened. But it's also very strategic, right? It's like, yes. you're like, okay, these things I don't like, these things I kind of like, yeah. this one, parang, it works for me. You get into yeah. it and you're like, okay, parang, you just thrive and learn with what you yeah, choose. Yeah, and, and you never know. You never know. It's like for me, I, I had there I guess there was a point in my in my life in college and even after when I just had to be fearless about it. 
and just kind of like had to be open-minded um especially for the things that weren't really part of my plans. I mean, you know hmm. me, I'm I'm a planner. Like, it has to be a certain way. It has to be like this. In two years, I have to attain this. In five yeah. years, I have to be this. <laughs> um, but, you know, life doesn't always happen that way. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I had to be fearless and I had to embrace it also. Yeah, and the unknown. The last time I remember, like, talking to you about Talking mm-hmm. you, ano ba yan? Talking to you <laughs> about your career <laughs> was when you were gonna go to Parsons in New York. Yeah. Omg! So, like, that how long major. were you living there, mm-hmm. and like, was it a difficult decision to to leave Manila? Um, yes and no, because I remember, I remember even crying like to my dad about it because um. Everybody, like our batchmates, our friends, you were all ahead of me already. I was, I was like, I there's all the architecture school is five years, so there's yeah. an additional one year. So everyone was like, you know, building their careers, um, starting out, earning their own, you know, earning income already. And I was still in school. And then after graduating, I still had to prepare for my board exam. So I all I wasn't really earning. So it, I felt like I was delayed. You know, I felt like I was like, mm, everyone's like, you know, becoming successful and I'm still here. Oh studying. my gosh, super no, Nikki. Okay, super the first no. jobs are like, yeah. what? Yeah, I know. But what do you know at like Our 21, 22 years? So. Yeah, yun na nga, yeah. yun na nga. Well, it, yeah, I had like stage. less than the allowance. Yeah, I had yeah. less than but what it was. So long story short, when I when I got into the school, when I got into Parsons, I was crying to my dad because I said this will set me back another two years, three mm-hmm. years. I was already so behind of my friends, you know, my batchmates, my family, and then here I am gonna I'm gonna go back to school. This is really a smart decision. And I remember that he told me not to compare myself to others because this was my time. Um, and I should just, you know, embrace it because my path is different from others. Their right. path is different from mine. They actually might be comparing themselves to me. She said, your classmates might be comparing yourself themselves to you. Um, you having this opportunity, right? Um, and they probably want the same opportunity, but, you know, it turned out different for them. So, yeah. So, I think that was really like the, the bit that was hard for me um, coming to terms with that. And then... The entire thing was so fast. Like, I started preparing, I think, in March or towards the end of March. And then I had to fly out by June. So, between March and June, you know, that was a very quick yeah. <laughs> quick gap, right? And so, ang bilis no nun, time to think. You're like, just like, no time to go. think. Let's just do it. Yeah, let's just do it. Go, 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 go. Um, and I didn't have any place to live. Yeah, um, looking for a yeah, place also, it's place. true. Yeah, so I didn't have a place to live. And then the thought of having to live with distant relatives in New Jersey was so scary to me. Um, because I'd never lived with anybody else, especially in a different country. Um, and so that was scary. And then um, I think my parents didn't want to make me hated on purpose because mm. I think I was already like 26 that time. And so they thought, you know, you're old enough, go by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was scary for me. Um, but I, I tried to hide it. Um, yeah. And so I left and then 
I remember arriving, I think, on a Friday evening in JFK, and I had to go to school the Monday the next, after. Well, oh my gosh. Yeah, like literally <laughs> like three days after. And so over the weekend, I was like going through the maps. Wala pang mga Google Maps. I was literally going through like paper maps, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to get there. Um, so yeah, but like that entire journey, I was... I was living in New York for a little over two years, I think. Um, and it was like the most fun ever. <laughs> it was like, and it turned out to be like the best decision ever for me at that time because I, that's where I really sort of saw myself as a designer. Wow. Like I was yeah. living and breathing design. I was yeah. like immersed in this culture you know, it was New York in itself is a cultural immersion, yeah. right? You learn every day. Um, and that for me was, I suppose, the biggest takeaway. I really felt like a designer when I was there. Because it was that so different. The energy lessons. is different. Yeah, I'm gonna like break like it down. So 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 different. Yeah, break one it down, you were go. like, um, don't compare yourself to others, which is a life lesson that we are continuously trying to learn, right, <laughs> to, and to improve. Learn. Because sure. I mean, our world is just all about you know, parang what everyone else is doing and what we are doing. Yeah, and then two yeah. is just like facing your fears and kind of fake it till you make it, right? Na parang like, yeah. okay, I'm scared, but. Voila, no choice. Gotta do it. Gotta push yeah. through and just I think, make it work. Right? I think I was faking it for a good six to eight weeks like when I arrived. Because it was so hard. It Especially was really like commuting, so right? You're like, I know where I'm going. And you're like, where am I? Well, but I don't really know where I'm going. Exactly. Yeah. And like the big tip, I think that like I had some relatives in New Jersey they kept on saying, you know, we live here in New Jersey because it's like much safer here. But in New York, it's totally different. But, you know, New, G- New Jersey and New York are like literally neighbors. You get there in 40 minutes. Um, and they told me that you can't make yourself look like you're a tourist or that you're yeah. new here. Like you can't look at your map while you're in the middle of the road or <laughs> don't make pahalata that you're new here or else they'll start picking on you. Yeah. So I had to fake it, like pretend like I knew where the streets were and I knew where to, you know, when to cross and when not to cross. So that was, that was like a good, like at least two months, I think, to adapt. <laughs> Yeah, it was hard. No, but now my confidence, kana right in those moments, because yeah. just like I'll survive. It's okay. Yeah, survive. When, when you were studying, like, what was it like? Were you were there people from like all over the world? Like, what was the yeah. the vibe? Yeah, so the vibe was super diverse, multicultural for sure. Half of my classmates, half of the people in my program were actually from Asia, different parts of Asia. So I had I had a couple of Chinese classmates. Um, I think three were Korean. I had um, a friend from Taiwan who was originally from Taiwan but went to university in in Australia, in, in Melbourne. So she had like a very cute Taiwanese-Australian accent. Um, and then she and then she went to New York after. And then I had um, some friends from different parts of the U.S. So some were from 
Chicago, LA, um, Midwest, all some areas also from the Midwest. Um, Puerto Ricans, I had a couple of Puerto Rican friends, and then I had a friend from Russia. So it was like super, super diverse. Yeah. So the energy was so different, and you know we were learning so much from each other because we all came from different backgrounds. Right. Um, some were from architecture, some were from interior design, engineering. Um, I had a classmate whose major was glass design. Whoa. Can you imagine? Yeah, in Italy from Venice. <laughs> no, from Seoul. Oh my She's god, from Seoul. So she Galang. had this. She has a very specific program that focused on glass as a material, yeah. and that was like a degree. So, so I mean, I don't know if that's not enriching enough. I feel like yeah. Just opening your mind to like all the different things design yeah. can be, right? And exactly, exactly. Was there a no? Parang I don't know, <laughs> like some sort of clickishness. Na parang I don't know, Asians stay together, or was there? Yeah. I don't know. In terms of like the standard <laughs> of design, did people think that the West was better, mm-hmm. or what was what was like the politics? Um, <laughs> Yes and no. The cliques were really like whoever were from the same ethnic ethnicities usually would hang out together only because there was difficulty when it came to the language barrier for hmm. um the North Asian students. So the Japanese, the Koreans, and the Chinese students would usually hang out together because they. I think they had the same level of English and they felt like by being together, um, they would be more confident, I suppose, mm-hmm. as a group and individually. But but because I'm from Manila and everybody speaks English here, yeah. um, it was so much easier for me to mix with the Europeans, with the Americans. And, you know, it was so funny because like when I would speak, even my professor couldn't figure out where I was from. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't figure out where I was from because it definitely wasn't an American accent, but it wasn't like a, you know, a, a, an Asian accent, but it was like, huh? it was like somewhere in between. Yeah. So, so even them, they're yeah, like, oh, like, how did what? you grow? Yeah, you had to, you had to really explain. You yeah, had you to had really to explain. explain. Yeah, so, so yeah, but, but, but that's all part of the fun, I think. Like learning from each other and, you know, putting that in your work. Okay, next. Like, commercial break. Mm-hmm. Love life. At that time, <laughs> you were in a relationship. Yeah. So yeah. did that make the decision harder? And I don't know, like, what did you learn from LDR? Oh my God. I think, I think, my my now husband then boyfriend when you when when the two of us talk about it we always say that it was like the hardest part of our relationship but i think it was much harder for him than it was for me and i can hmm. honestly say that and he can honestly say that as well because i was really busy when i was in school yeah you know um and even in between semesters i would either come back to Manila for a short break or I'd be working. I'd be working in New York. I'd be like, you know, in an in an internship program over the summer. So I always kept myself busy. Um, 
And when you, you know, when you keep yourself busy, it's less hard. You know, the LDR is less yeah, hard. Yeah, you're not but, like overthinking it, right? <laughs> yeah, you're like not overthinking it. But I think, but Young and I had like this kind of relationship wherein even before I left or even when we started dating, he already knew what my plans were. Um, and he already okay. knew that I wanted to pursue my, you know, my post-grad degree and um, nothing was really going to stop me. Um, and he was free to come over and visit and whatever, right? And I would come home also. But this was right. like a personal goal in my life. And, you know, yeah. it was going to set the tone for my career and my future. And and I knew that that if I didn't do it, I would resent him for it, for not letting me go. So, right. you know, we were very lucky to be at that stage in our lives where we were more mature. So we were in our late, I was in my late 20s. He was in his early 30s because we have a five-year gap. Um yeah. And so I was very fortunate that he was mature enough to say, yeah, it's okay. You know, two years is going to be short. Um, I can visit you. You can visit me. And then and then just, you know, just do what you got to do. Finish what you got to do. So don't be afraid, you know. And at that time, Nance, it wasn't even like, you know, super mega social media blast. It wasn't like, you know, everybody had an iPhone. No. Like, Skype. <laughs> no, BBM, Blackberry, oh my God. Messenger. Okay. And, and and my husband is not the type to buy devices. He's really not. Like he'll only buy if it's like dead and gone. But I told him, you know, you, you want to make life easier for the two of us, buy a Blackberry. I'm going to buy a Blackberry so that it's easy for us to message each other. So the entire time yeah. I was there, that was like our mode of communication. And then we had Skype. <laughs> we had Skype. Um, and what was hard was because the 12 hour um, time difference. That was yeah. hard. It's like yeah. so hard because I, like, I'll come home from studio and I'm exhausted from a whole day of like work. I was brain drained already. And it's like 10, 11 p.m. And then he's just about to start his work day. So we tried to catch up and like I'm falling asleep and he's like already preoccupied <laughs> thinking about stuff that he needs to do today. So, you know, even even our conversations are our conversations then were parang shallow na lang. Except like yeah. when we really get to yeah. talk on weekends when he doesn't have work or if when I, I, I don't have class. Um but yeah, it gets to you, especially when it's when it's cold. You know, when it's winter time and everything <laughs> is just so depressing. And everything yeah. is so beautiful. Everything is so beautiful. Yeah, like Central true. Park is so freaking beautiful. Covered but in it snow. affects you talaga. Like the cold, it I don't know, it really physically and like mentally and emotionally has has an effect. So yeah. But yeah, we have a term for that. For like going for it. Like going for your dreams even when you have like a relationship that you also want to kind of protect, right? Because that's not an easy decision, especially... I mean, you're saying you're mature now, but in my head now that we're a little bit older, I'm like, we're so young. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine? But I think it's it's part of being fearless about those things. How do you become fearless? Like what... What do you tell yourself? Or is it like something natural that just comes out 
Oh, not at all. I think I think in the earlier um earlier parts of my career, I wasn't. I mean, I was all I wasn't like you know, top student. I never was. There were so many people in school who were so much better than me. Um so I was never really confident in a sense that, you know, I would be assertive all the time when it came to, like, different things. You know, parang there was just this build-up, I guess, over the years. When when someone says, oh, you did a good job in this, or that boosts your confidence, or you, know, you finish your degree and then you, you finish your degree with flying colors, then, okay, that gives, you know, a boost of confidence as well. Um, so it's, it's something that builds on, I suppose, over the years. And then I think one of the one of the major events was when I became a mom. So mm-hmm. everything was out the door. Like once motherhood started, I I couldn't give a flying f about anything else. So so confidence was like another level because <laughs> you don't care anymore. <laughs> you don't. It's like you ask ask anyone, ask anyone who's. Who's who has gone through freaking nine months plus labor yeah. plus you know child rearing? They they don't give they don't give an f anymore. So, so I, know, like, I, I interviewed this. <laughs> I interviewed this parang new mom ganyan, and mm. I was like, so what has changed like with your leadership style ganon? And she's like, nothing really with my leadership style. Like I'm not more like like a mother in the office. But what has changed <laughs> is that I'm a lot more chill because parang when yeah. something doesn't go right, you're like, this isn't important i mean i have <laughs> lives to take care yeah. of and like that are my responsibility yeah. so i was not the one that she was like yeah when something goes wrong before she'd like be stressed out and like be pissed yes. or whatever and then now she's like whatever doesn't matter yeah, we'll whatever. fix it tomorrow <laughs> exactly that sounds like a problem for tomorrow <laughs> speaking of your kids like and like just trying to make the connection, but is studying yeah. abroad something that you would want for them also? I mean, oh, it's different, diba? Like as a parent, it's parang scary. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's it's super scary because like thinking about them going off on their own like scares me to death. Like I don't think I don't yeah. think of myself as a helicopter mom where I always have to like be there and you know. Like wrap them in like a cocoon or whatever, but but it's it's scary because it's like it's a different world. It's a I mean, it's just generally not as safe, I guess. So yeah. all of these like crazy things are entering my mind. Like what are, what's gonna happen if they do this or if they do that or what if they're presented this or what if they encounter this or that. So it's like all of these like worries. You know, you're kind of like paranoid. But I definitely yeah. want them to have some kind of experience abroad, whether it's you know going to school or even even for like a summer intensive program. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 open to all of that only because I know how much it benefited me in my personal yeah. life and in my career. Um, and I I definitely want that for them, but. But I don't want to force it. Like, if it's not their yeah. thing, then it's okay. It's not I love 
cute. <laughs> so empathetic though, right? and so open. But if there's one <laughs> yeah. parang life lesson that you learned from being away from home for for all that time that you'd want to mm-hmm. pass on to them, for example, like what would that be? I suppose aside from being fearless, um, to to always keep an open mind, that's number one. Because I feel like in this generation or in this day and time, people are always like dictating what we should do, who we should be, um, where we should go. And sometimes when when all of that is presented to you, it kind of clouds your judgment. Um, so it's nice to keep it's nice to keep an open mind. Another another would probably be to not be afraid when they're not when they don't feel like they're prepared. Hmm. Because That's I a good feel one. like you're you're never you're never really gonna be prepared for anything. Like you can plan all you want, you can you know, create lists and and whatever <laughs> plan ahead and whatever but you know you're, you're never gonna be really fully prepared so 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 i think they should also keep that in mind that it's okay it's okay when you haven't really ticked off all your boxes yet and you just go and jump and do it i, I love those, that because that's something that yeah. even till now i'm like yeah i like also being like prepared before doing stuff <laughs> yeah. but then it's true that it's also like liberating to be like no i got this Alumayon, and just yeah. like going with that and because yeah, you're enough yeah, super <laughs> you're enough no but <laughs> cheesy now <laughs> deep parang hindi masyadong connected but yeah <laughs> Yeah, not being super prepared is okay because you can never okay. really be prepared. <laughs> you can never really be prepared. Because yeah, I never it's know. True. I feel like if you, you know, when you're like a super, you're like a mega planner and you feel like, okay, I'm prepared for this. And then when things suddenly don't go your way or deviate lang ng konte, you're like super rattled and you don't know what to do and you're stressed out. Right, but if you yeah, exactly. had that kind of mindset where you're like, it's okay to not be like fully prepared all the time. It's okay. So when the unexpected comes, you still know how to handle it. Yeah, life will throw things at you that you will never ever <laughs> yeah. expect. And yeah, there I was gonna say that with the being open-minded, <clears throat> I feel like meeting different people from like totally different backgrounds just kind mm-hmm. of makes that so real to you because it's like even let's say in Manila it's like everyone kind of knows everyone you know mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. it's it's such a small bubble and then biglang you go to New York and you have there like this glass design you know classmate <laughs> from Korea like where did that come from Parang, and it's so stimulating in the brain. You know what I mean? It is. Anyway, wala lang. I, I love that. I love I love being around parang different sorts of people. Yes. And yeah, meeting yes. new peeps. I will like end with two questions. One, how the mm-hmm. crap did you become a dean, <laughs> Nikki? What happened? I, I love that question. It, it just kind of fell on my lap. Even a few years. So in the middle of my practice, I was offered to um, teach because, you know, it's hard to get practitioners in the industry to teach because, you know, they're busy with their day jobs. But 
But I said, you know what? I'll try because I really, I think it's a way for me to give back to my industry and to my profession. And I do like hanging out with with young minds and and exploring what they think about design and seeing how they think about design. And so I started, and then um, I got like really good feedback in my first run. And so I did it again and then I did it again. Um, and then I had to pause for a bit. But during the pandemic, um, it was just like, you know, kind of like a cold call from Enderon. Um, and they asked me to come in and, and teach because they were starting a new program. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to because at that time, I had just given birth to my second child. So I was on leave. But at the same time, it was the pandemic. I said, where am I going to go? So I might as well use, you know, my time, my extra time, whatever I had time to do this because, you know, it was something that I was interested in. And so I went back to teaching and I was, you know, doing that while I was practicing my my profession. And then um, I was doing it for about a year and a half. And then um, like admin just one day asked me if I wanted a full-time role or if I was open to a full-time role. And at first I wasn't, I was like hesitant because I had so much going on. But then after several conversations, you know, you know, it, it wasn't even a hard sell, but you know how, when you talk to people and you're making a big decision in your life and things just jive. Yes, so it's just I like one know. plus one <laughs> equals yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. So it was like that. It was kind of like, okay, I um this is how I want it to go. Okay, sure. Check. Yeah. Um, this is how I would love to run the program. Check. No problem. This is how yeah. this is how I foresee the next X number of years for the program. Okay, check. So, you know, what was hmm. nice was they gave me free reign. They gave me autonomy to really, you know, do what I felt was good for a brand new program. So, I'm a year into OMG. it and so I'm, I'm doing that and I'm still teaching. I didn't realize nga, I mean, because voila, it's not my life, so I don't like realize yeah. the deets that go into it, but <laughs> It's like leave, you're you've left the private practice then, right? Well, I I'm still to dedicate I'm to still, education. Um, I still have my private practice, though I'm more selective with the kinds of projects that I yeah. that I work on okay. because you know I don't I don't want to you know do the the academic work and then forget about my practice. Or just do my practice and then forget about the academic work. So it's kind of like yeah. half-half. I have to find the balance. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, the juggling. Um, I think I enjoy bo- both. Yeah, the juggling. The juggling in the time management, I think. Um, I definitely don't want to stress myself out with like doing too many things. So I just try to manage it a day at a time. We don't have much time, so I'm going to go to the last question. <laughs> I but I'm like, okay. I, I, I need to talk to you again. Like with Din Din, I'm like, mm-hmm. we have to explore like the motherhood side and like, we're going to earn. We're going to earn. We can do a trio. Oh. <laughs> we're going to earn. Yeah, we can, we do, can do a trio. trio. Oh my gosh. We can, we can do okay, a three-way. But before... <laughs> Oh my god. We can do it PG. That's my PG rating now. I wanna end with mm. a question I ask everyone. Mm-hmm. And because I okay. think you're super amazing and accomplished and oh. such an achiever. 
So I'd want to know on the flip side, like, what do you think that you suck at and how are you trying to improve it? Okay, I think I suck at saying no to people and to things. Oh. I definitely have to work on that. That's the deep side, okay? But if it's like shallow things that I suck at, I suck at a lot. Like, I suck at sports. <laughs> I can't open jars. <laughs> like, I don't have patience. I have a trick I don't for have opening jars. For I'll show you. <laughs> what is it? Tap on. Like, throw it somewhere. <laughs> Things like no, that. No, like you could use whatever <laughs> like hard thing and you tap the the Yes, the I do cap. that. But it doesn't work right? on me. It like, doesn't I work. I just don't have that skill. Me as in I like parang with dents and everything. And then once it's super dented, that's when I can open it. But baka hindi ko na maklose kasi Damage na damage na siya. But you know, that's like but at least I know that it's not just me. It's not just you. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of things that we're not good at. But the thing is, mm-hmm. we're also really good at certain things, right? Yes, like you yes, yes. and your story <laughs> and being being fearless. So thank you, Next, for sharing that no, and God. for taking the time. Oh